Hello, hello, my conscious and inquisitive tribe, and welcome to Rewoke, Rewriting Our Kids Education Podcast. My name is Michelle Person, and we are on a journey. We are rethinking, re-examining, and re-educating ourselves and our children. On this show, we work to make sure we are rewriting our kids' education so they can become the best version of themselves. And what we have learned over the last 30 or so episodes is that a lot of this journey begins before they ever set foot in a classroom. On today's episode, we will once again be speaking to Marcus Bailey, a certified nutrition consultant and personal trainer who wants to help as many people as possible take control of health and wellness. He promotes clean living whenever possible, loves educating others about how to eat properly so they can live their best lives, and he is here today to dive a little deeper into some of the aspects we talked about last season. And he is here today to dive a little bit deeper into some of the aspects of health that we talked about last season. Last season, we focused on small changes you can make in your life that can make a big impact on your overall health. Today, we continue to examine why shifting how we think about our health is quite possibly the most important part of creating a more healthful existence for ourselves and our children. American humorist Josh Billings once said, health is like money. We never have a true idea of its value until we lose it. Speaking from personal experience, I can tell you that truer words have never been spoken. And oh yeah, are you woke? to be fat and fit? Is it possible to eat healthy without spending a small fortune? What is the correlation between what we eat and how our bodies function? Our guest today, Marcus Bailey, is here to share his thoughts on these questions and a few others so we can all live our healthiest and best lives. Mr. Bailey, it's so great to have you come back. We were, it was a pleasure speaking to you the first time. And so we had to have you come back to kind of dig deeper into like what is health and how do we become healthier people. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for being here. I appreciate you having me. Glad to be back. No. So we, again, are going to dive right into it. Last time we did a lot of talking about just general things you can do to, um, to try to improve your health, general ways in which we've been told um, incorrectly what what good health looks like um and some some smets some small steps we can take to um to change that up you know like reading labels and making sure we buy fresh as, as fresh as possible um you know packing our own food when we go out not leaving the house on an empty stomach all those are things that you can do to try to change the direction of the course of your health and so feedback that i got from a, a lot of people is, you know, like, uh, you know, like I, I would love to know more, like what else can I do? So that's why you're back. So we're going to talk today about, um, to, to talk today about um, some of the things that you can do. And I'm actually going to start with a question that, that I get into all the time. I don't get into when people say it. I, cause in my mind, I'm like, mm, I don't agree with you, but I also don't have like, you obviously are a nutritionist. This is your thing. I'd like, if somebody wants to argue with me about education, you're going to lose that battle. Been doing it for 20 some odd years. But if somebody wants to argue with me about nutrition, I'll say my piece. 
but I don't often have the, the, the knowledge to know. I know I'm right, but I can't back it up in that moment. So when I'm arguing with somebody who uh, might be have some extra poundage or, you know, be a little bit overweight, not obese, but just a little bit heavier than normal. Um, you know, there's always that conversation of, um, yes, I know I'm a little bit thicker, but I'm actually, I'm actually really healthy because I do blah, 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 blah. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, there actually is no possible way that you can say that you're healthy if you are not within a certain framework guidelines in terms of size, how tall you are, how, you know, all that stuff. Like it, the two don't go together. So the first thing I wanted to ask, because that was something that we didn't talk about the last time is, you know, is it possible if for those people who are out there saying, yeah, I know that I still eat the McDonald's and I know I'm a, I have a little few, couple of extra pounds and I know that I don't do this, but I'm only a little bit, you know, overweight or I'm only, you know, I'm not, I'm not obese. So I, I, overall, I eat pretty good. So I'm healthy, right? Talk to that if you could. I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh, that is definitely a great question um, with a lot of directions that we can go. And let me just start with an educational reference because something, something that I heard from, I don't know if it was Zig Ziglar or Jim Rohn in, in one of their audio books, um, Jim Rohn, he talks about natural systems and natural law. The body is a natural system that goes by natural law not man-made law. So in education, I can get a degree, but, but be uneducated. There are people that graduate from high school that are still illiterate. There's a piece of paper that says that they know and have mastered certain things, but they have not because they've they been able to do their homework. <laughs> absolutely. Because that's not a natural law or that, that system isn't based around natural law and a natural system. The body is a natural system. So if your body displays the signs of being unhealthy, then you are you you have adopted and are doing things that is unhealthy. Now, obviously, there's always when you whenever you talk about the body, there's always a ten percent on either side. Maybe ten percent of people who, and that's probably a high number. So I'm just going to be very generous and say ten percent of people have that. Listen, I eat like whatever. And I still look good. And that's called thin on the outside, fat on the outside, Tofi. So there are people that may look and they pass the eye test of being healthy, but they're really not. Mm -hmm. Then there's people who there are some disorders, some hormonal disorders, things where you have um, with some of your uh, endocrine system, where if certain things go out of whack, maybe you get a, a concussion and, you know, there's certain uh, glands and that can be damaged that create situations where it's not your habits it, it's something that you just cannot beat so let's eliminate those 10 percent okay and let's talk about really the rest of us who your body is a natural system that wants to be in homeostasis so this whole oh i'm just my family is big bone or all my aunts and uncles or excuse me all my aunts are big and so that runs in our family what runs in your family are habits Mm -hmm. So some of the things that you said, I hear all the time, and that's based around that concept of moderation, where if I do enough to make me feel like I'm doing the right thing, that would give me the good balance of doing the things that I really want to do, but shouldn't. And therefore, 
health equals balance. Mm -hmm. Balancing the bad with the good. So if I do some good things today, like I'm going to go for a walk this morning so that I can earn some fries at McDonald's. I'm going to, ooh, I'm going to go up these flights of stairs. That way I can have six cookies at the, at the carry-in at work. That literally is how my mind works when I want a frappe. Um, I will I will 100% go harder at the gym so I can have a frappe later. So I, I'm assuming you're about to tell me that that doesn't work. So keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that really, when you say I'm eating healthy or I'm, I am doing things healthy and no one's perfect. So, you know, let me also say that, as I hopefully said before, no one's perfect. But you can't consider an intentional scale of good and bad to be healthy. What you're doing is not healthy. That's, you know, and, and everything is so simple. When you talk about natural laws, that's the beauty of it. Let's talk about something like, um, you know, let's talk about numbers, mathematics. That's a, that's governed not by our feelings. That's governed by facts. So an equation, you can't say, Hey, listen, um, you know, I can just, if I do enough wrong on one side of the, the, the problem or, yeah, I did three, the first three steps incorrectly, but the next three I'll do correct. The entire solution is going to be wrong. You cannot really miss a step. When you think about um, relationships, if you and I are friends, I can't say, listen, how many times can I call Michelle out of her name? As long as I say I love you the equal amount of times. Right. You know, like, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make it right. The right. fact that you've done so, anything that's nat that's governed by natural law will give you an immediate feedback. You look at environment. You look at all those things that are governed by natural law. You really cannot be truly healthy and overweight. So there's a, there's a saying about overweight uh, individuals: Are people hungry because they're overweight, or are they overweight because they're hungry? So we, we ascribe people who are overweight or obese that they just continually eat and eat and eat. And that's their fault. Like we would, you know, blame anyone who's got a problem. The truth is if they don't even realize that they're, if their body doesn't tell them that they're full to them, regardless of how much they've eaten, they still have those urges of hunger because their body is not communicating properly hormonally to say I'm done. The feedback loops don't work. I have we gotten the nutrition. We talked about that a little bit in the first, um, a little bit in the first, um, our first uh, conversation. And, mm -hmm. and basically, what that does is create a situation where you you do what your body's telling you to do, even though you're stuck in this loop. So yes. I think what I'm hearing is 100%. The reason that you are overweight is because your body's out of whack. Therefore, you 100% are not healthy. So it is right. like, so, so what, what, I'm, what I took from all of that is no, if you are overweight, you, in fact, by definition, cannot be healthy. Doesn't matter how That's you right. feel, you know, what, ma what matters is what your body is showing you. And your body is showing you by the extra weight that you're carrying that you're not as healthy as you should be. Absolutely. And, and, and something that I'll, that I'll throw in is we have to certainly define or we have to understand who's defining health. Mm -hmm. If it's healthy according to what I think, if it's healthy according to what I like in terms of taste, if it's, if it's healthy according to me being able to still 
have my treats and have my cheat day and have my girls night out and my guys night out. And man, but I still love a this or that. If it's healthy, according to my mind, how can it be healthy? If it's healthy, according to your body, that's the judge, the jury and the executioner. Mm -hmm. So that's the one that's the measurement of what health is, not what the advertisements say, not what your mind thinks, not what you have a taste for, not what you grew up eating. It's what your body is able to take in, properly metabolize, and be in a state of homeostasis where I have enough energy to function, but not too much to make me sick. And talk anything in excess that. just can't be healthy. Yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about that then. So if if that's if like you said, like it like who is determining what health is and it shouldn't be your mind and it shouldn't be the commercials you see. So, and, and it should be your body. So I guess my right. question is twofold. One, how do we create a new definition of health for ourselves? Um, and where should we get that definition from? So we clearly, when we're thinking about what's healthy, we are influenced by what we've been told. And so we can't even trust ourselves yes. in terms of, in terms of what we think is healthy and yes. we are, cannot trust the, the, the images that are being fed to us because there's an agenda. So we have to, if we, so the thing that we should be listening to is our body, but many of us don't know how to listen and understand what's going on in our bodies. So how, how do we do that? How do we define health the right way and where should we look to get that information? That's a great question. And something I should have said earlier before I get to that is, over being overweight and obese is not itself a sign of being unhealthy. It's one of the markers that something's out of balance, but there is a such thing. I talked about thin on the outside, fat on the inside. There's also a, a metabolically healthy, obese person. Um, so there, it is possible to have excess weight and be metabolically in all the ways that matter, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, the major killers, uh, and even some cancers where you're better off than someone who is at the appropriate weight. So weight itself is not the indicator of being healthy or not. It's a marker, but not the indicator. So you ask the question of how do we make that decision? The way that I would recommend, and really the way that I think makes sense for everyone is where is this food sourced from? My advocacy is about eating whole foods, non-processed foods. I happen to be plant-based, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone needs to be plant-based. How is that food sourced? How many steps had to be taken for it to get from its original form onto your plate? So you think about things like sugar, and you may hear things like organic sugar, all-natural sugar, pure sugar, 100% cane sugar. And you're like, well, that all sounds pretty good. And that all may be accurate. It may be organic. It may be 100% pure. It may be, I mean, they could have sang songs to these to the sugar canes before they cut it down and processed it. But the truth is, is they've still taken it through a system of processes that has reduced it from its original form down to this powder. Orange juice. Well, vitamin C, good in the morning. I mean, it's from oranges. So since it derived some poor, you know, at some point it was an orange, it must be good for me now. Well, you've taken out all the fiber. You've taken out all the ways that your body needs to help you slow the absorption down so that 
the most of that sugar goes down and actually feeds your gut bacteria. So as soon as you start taking steps to take a piece of fruit or a vegetable or even an animal that grows out in the wild as it should, eats grass and eats whatever it natural, a, a fish that grows out in the ocean, and you start taking it through these processes, raising it unnaturally, harvesting it unnaturally, and then putting it through a system of factory and commercially based uh, cycles that it gets to you in a way that it does, it, it's, it's got some shelf life. Um, they've, and, you know, they've added some stuff to it. They've Reverse taken some coloring. stuff away. Yeah. As soon as you get to that point, the more you take it and adulterate that food, the less healthy it is. And in fact, the more probably toxic it becomes in most cases. So the, the judge is, or the rule is, as close to as it's grown or as it originally was intended to be killed as possible. Mm -hmm. That is your measure of really what health is. You can't, you know, we can go into well, how many milligrams of this and the way to, I heard you were supposed to have this particular vitamin and that comes from the, if you eat food as it's grown, whole food, that's the absolute best diet for anyone. Whole, unprocessed food. A, a farmer that raises cows, that lets them graze on the pasture, and there, there's, um, you know, maybe someone, you slaughter it and you eat that cow because when you eat that animal, you eat what eat, it ate. So someone may say, well, I'm eating cow from the store, but you eat what that cow ate. And that cow ate corn, that cow ate soy, that cow ate things that you yourself shouldn't be eating a lot of. So you eat what it ate. Uh, well, what about fish? Isn't it high in omega-3 and omega-6? I heard that was good. Well, a fish that's wild caught and wild raised, potentially because it ate algae and it was able to develop the omega-6 and 3 appropriate levels in its body so that you can take it in at the appropriate level. And in my mind as a mother who shops for a household every week, I know I'm a super bargain shopper. And I know that when, when I'm looking to buy my salmon, um, you know, there is the wild caught and there is the, um, there's the farm raised. And I know that the, the wild caught is more expensive. I know that when I go and I buy the grass fed beef, um, I know the grass fed beef is more expensive. I know that when I am, um, you know, buying, um, you know, the different types of, the different types of milk alternatives, um, you know, like if I'm going to try and do, instead of do regular cow's milk, if I'm going to do, um, you know, not so that we don't, we don't do soy, but the almond or the oat milk or the rice milk or the whatever, um, you know, all of those alternatives are there, but they are more expensive. And so if, if someone is trying to, okay, I'm with you, I'm going to change how I eat and how I think about health. How is it possible then for me to eat healthy on a budget? That is another great question and probably one of the, definitely one of the top two or three questions that I've, that I receive all the time. It costs more to eat good. And in some cases, let me start with agreeing with that, but I'm going to add a statement in there. We're so used to other people feeding us. Yes, it does cost more for other people to feed us good. Um, what we may not know is the highest profit margin item in a grocery store is cut lettuce, shredded lettuce in a bag. Really? That is the highest profit margin. Now, they don't sell it for much, but that is the biggest markup item in a grocery store. And that was 
two years ago. I'm, I'm sure it hadn't changed much because what we don't consider is we consider cost in terms of just money only. Um, really, what we are looking to save is time. So, man, I could pack my lunch. It's very inconvenient. It's going to take me an extra five to 10 minutes, but I don't have to go to McDonald's. Now, I can make a meal for $2 at home, but it's going to take me 10 minutes or five minutes, or I can go to McDonald's for $5. But when I go to McDonald's, well, look, man, if I get a Big Mac meal, it's $4.99. If I get a salad, it's $4.99. That's not going to fill me up. It clearly costs more to eat healthy. Or if you go to the store, like you said, and buy hamburger meat versus something else, it costs more to eat. Why is regular milk cheaper than this milk? Well, you have to look behind the scenes and know that things like dairy um, and the meat industry are subsidized by the government. So why does it cost the same amount for one gallon of water that it costs for one gallon of pop? Really, all pop is is water with sugar and flavors added to it. So shouldn't it cost a little bit more for the extra sugars and flavors? Well, it does if the soda industry wasn't getting sugar at next to nothing. Mm -hmm. If the dairy industry wasn't being subsidized and all their cheese and all their extra milk that they can't sell was then bought by the government, which is coincidentally where the Got Milk campaign came from. Mm -hmm. The government had bought all this extra milk and said, well, we got to get rid of it because we promised the dairy farmers we buy their excess supply. So we'll create a marketing campaign and make it good and cheap for everyone. We'll make sure that everyone's school nutrition, I think we talked about this last time as well, everyone's school nutrition program requires milk. That's how we'll get rid of it. We'll start offering cheese to all the fast food restaurants so that they can add the triple cheesy chalupas to their menu and still make it cheap because they don't pay for the ingredients. Mm -hmm. So that's the first cost is the upfront cost. It is cheaper for other, for you to feed yourself good. It's cheaper for other people to feed you bad. Mm -hmm. That just is what it is. It costs more for other people to feed you well. But again, let's take that to, I mean, I can go out and get, you know, mistreated by anyone. I can go out and get negative anywhere. It takes time and energy for me to focus on doing the right thing. It's always harder and it always costs more to do the right thing up front. But what we don't consider is the back end cost. Mm. So I look at myself now and again, I'm certainly blessed and, 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 Pleased to be where I am in a state of, of, uh, of health. The people over the last, say, five to 10 years who said, man, that's crazy. I can't believe you do this and do that. And that that's so stupid to just pack your lunch. Why don't you just go somewhere? So all the time that I invested over these five to 10 years to feed myself, and by the way, I can go to a grocery store when I travel. I'll go, the first stop that I go to is a grocery store. And I'll buy everything I need and I'll have it in the hotel room. Now, everyone in a hotel, when you go to a banquet, they paid $69, $65 for a meal. You go out to a restaurant. I can live in, on a weekend for $15 and be eating real good. Now, they may have spent $15 just on their first, on lunch. And I'm like, you know, it's cost you 10 times as much to eat this weekend as it cost me. Now, I've got to walk up to my hotel room, eat lunch. Walk. So it's inconvenient but it's certainly cheaper. 
And then you look at the time invested over five to 10 years and you look at the medical bills that's packed, that, that stacked up, you look at the loss of time. How much is a year's worth of life to someone? How much would you pay to live an extra year? All I can say to that is, I mean, you know, my, my, my personal situation with, um, yes. a, 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 with a um, person that we know in common. And, and I can say that everything you just said is something that I have attempted to get that person to understand that on the front end, yes, it is inconvenient to have to remember to on Sunday night to have to meal prep. And it is, and, and the, the thing that, that we had continued to, to argue about is um, the fact that, you know, it, it's inconvenient. And yes, there, there's a Pizza Hut and there is a McDonald's right up the road from where this person works. And so like they can go up there really quickly and it's, it's fast and there's a $5 meal. So like every day, like, you know, why not? Why not do it for five, it's five bucks? I get a pizza, a Pepsi and some breadsticks. And um, what actually has ended up happening is there's been this year, a reckoning of sorts, you know, there's, there's been some huge, um, some, some huge weight issues. There's been some huge, um, some huge, some, a, a, a real health scare, um, yes. that has resulted in, you know, now we're, we're looking at medical bills. We're looking at, um, we're looking at, um, uh, you know, um, uh, ongoing care and all of that from, it wasn't, it wasn't convenient on the upfront. And yes, the, yes. The, like it 100%, it is inconvenient to make the lunch every day. It is, it can be more expensive to pay for the food, but gosh, if you see these hospital bills, it's like, wow, if I had just paid the extra, it's like, it's like getting AAA. It literally yeah. is like, do you pay? I remember being, um, one, one thing my mother said to me many years ago, um, I was not going to get AAA and I had a piece of crap car and it was like, I'm not paying whatever it was, 60 bucks for the whole year. I'm going to keep my 60 yeah. bucks. And she's like, you have a piece of crap car. And you have no idea how much it will cost. Like the one time that you have to get your tar car towed, um, it's gonna it's gonna cost three times sixty bucks. Um, you know, or if your uh, tire blows, pay the sixty bucks up front. Take the time to send it in, and then when then you don't get the litany of bills after. And all I can say when you have a car that costs twelve hundred dollars is I can't even begin to tell you in the middle of winter how many times I call AAA. And that yes. 60 bucks was a lifesaver. So, yes. uh, yeah. So it, it's okay. So understand. So what I'm hearing you say basically is we can afford to do it. We just have to, we have to look at how we budget differently. Meaning don't budget to go to McDonald's budget to buy fresh. Don't yes. budget to, 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 don't budget for the frappe, your $5 coffee every day. Take that five dollars for that coffee, which adds up to thirty bucks a week. Which means you could you could go and take that thirty bucks. You could buy your lunch, and then it it offsets the fact that it's so expensive. That's right. um, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely. Yeah, back, yeah. Back, it, it all comes down to the definition, and you have to look at who defined cost for us. Who defined health for us? Like we talked about a minute ago. When I when I look at cost, I look at okay. There's two things. First, there's time and there's money. And secondly, not just what it costs me today. What is this going to cost me five days, 10 days, a year from now? Some, some people will eat something today and then be sick for a whole day on Saturday because they ate it. So it costs you a whole day. What is your time worth? Mm -hmm. What else did you have to cancel and miss because you were sick? Right. Because you couldn't go. Again, how much is a year's worth of life? If you eat in a way that's easy and cheap and convenient today, but it takes five to 10 years off your life, who really saved money in this deal? Right. Now, again, who's defining cost? 
And when we look at other things, let's look at education again. It probably would be easy to say, hey, which one is cheaper or easier to let other people tell our children right from wrong or for us to do it? Well, it certainly would cost us some time. It's an investment in our children. It would be easier and cheaper to let other people tell them. But what at what cost? If you feed yourself, it's cheaper. It costs you just more time. But again, extrapolate it over the rest of your life. I can't tell you how much I look, and, and it really pains me. We talk about our mutual acquaintance and, and those others who I see dealing with things that I don't wish upon them, but I, I certainly can reflect and say, I was on that same path had I made different choices. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying the price you're paying now. I've already paid my price. Right. right. At that point, it was too expensive for everyone else to pay, but now the bill comes due. The interest has exponentially grown. The bill always comes due. Like, so it's either, it really is a, a pay now or pay later type situation. I'm going to go back to a comment you made where you drew the uh, analogy between this and education and the idea of, um, you know, the, the idea of, you know, we can, we can pay to educate, but hence what we do here with Just Like Me Presents and why we have this podcast and why we make curriculum and why we write books because where I personally was tired of leaving it to others to educate our children yes. um, because it's just too important. And essentially the same thing about how it's just to, to leave it to other people is, is, is very important. The educator in me also would like to talk really before we get out of here about the fact that how what we eat affects our ability to be able um, to succeed in the things that we say we want to succeed in. And, me, me, and me, meaning specifically, there are so many issues. I know what, one of the things we talked about the first, the first, um, the first um, conversation is state tests are so important right now in any and every school. And there was no way in the world that I was going to let that very important test be decided by a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos and an orange soda by, you know, with a story, because what I know is if that's what you're running on, you will not have the sustained mental energy to do a two and a half hour test three mm-hmm. for, for a week. If you're, so we always made pancakes, probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but it was better than a hot thing, bag of Cheetos and some, and some soda. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about how, once we figure out what health is, once we have redefined that and we've recognized that we want to, um, that we need to change some things, like drive it home a little bit with, you know, how, what we eat ultimately can influence how we end up feeling. Like, like you talk, you mentioned diabetes, heart disease, there's ADHD, there's your mood, there's your energy. Like those, those things are directly tied in a lot of cases to what we eat. So any comments or suggestions or, you know, insight on, on the, and like connection and, and any tips on what we could eat to enhance concentration, to, you know, lower our cholesterol, to increase, you know, glucose production so it's healthy. Like all of those things that, that are 100% tied to what we eat. Um, how, what, what would your suggestions be knowing that what we eat is directly a tie to all those things, all those health elements, all those issues. What what would you? What do you recommend? What do you suggest? What is your insight? Yeah, uh, that is a, a great question. Starting with the fact that twenty percent of your body's energy is used by the brain. So, in a day, on a normal day, 
of all the energy, you know, to get up, to move, to walk around, turn on TV, you know, not, not, not talking about exercise and all that kind of stuff. Your brain uses 20% of the energy that you expend in a day. So knowing that your brain is one fifth of the energy or requires one fifth of the energy that you take in, you certainly would want to make sure that you're taking in enough. Otherwise, it's got to, I mean, on a priority list, your brain will say, listen, I will get it before anything else does. Diseases of the mind are now considered and definitely in studies and papers called type three diabetes, mm. insulin resistance of the brain. So, you know, if you have type two diabetes, your appendages, you know, you'll see people, they'll lose their eyes uh, or their vision, their They'll, you know, maybe have their extremities amputated or, or whatever the case might be. Your brain is one of those extremities that since we can't feel it or, or we can't see it, we can't get a brain amputation. We don't consider it to be affected by our diet, but it absolutely is. So certainly you want to make sure that that's good. Heart disease, top killer in the country. American Heart Association says 90% of heart disease cases are reversible and preventable. Preventable, not reversible, but preventable. By lifestyle, by diet, by exercise, by what we do, by what our choices are. So that being the case, your brain certainly is impacted with the loss of blood and the loss of oxygen. So with a poor heart, you have a poor brain. So how, how educated can you be? Our children are now Type 2 diabetes used to be called adult onset diabetes because normally that's the time that most, if not all, people got it. Diabetes is something that's now so common in children where their bodies are unable to appropriately produce or metabolize energy that they're taking in because they've taken so much poor and processed food. You cannot concentrate. Your body is a chemistry set. You cannot concentrate unless you have the right chemicals, mood, serotonin, dopamine. If you're addicted to something like sugar and you're constantly bludgeoning, bludgeoning those pleasure cells, and those pleasure receptors, they upregulate or they downregulate rather to where it now takes more to get that same high and that same positive mood and attitude. So now you end up in a scenario where people and children are depressed and adults are depressed um, because they're addicted and they, it takes them so much of the food that they've eaten to get that feeling of um, euphoria or to get just a little bit of a high, just like a regular, quote unquote, regular drug addict would do. We know and can accept that with crack cocaine heroin. And we know that how their brains operate, how man, how can they they're messing their brain up. I mean, Joe Clark said it, it kills your brain cells. Mm -hmm. Sugar is a drug. Foods are drugs. Everything you take into your mind, education-wise, everything you take into your body has a positive or negative effect. There are memes that are out there that say, I'm going to let this song live in my mind rent-free. You know, Everything has a positive or negative effect. When you hear something, when you listen to something, when you read something, if you let other people teach your kids or you teach your kids or how involved you are in that education process, it's going to have a positive and negative effect. Same thing with food, certainly. So the worse we eat, uh, our kids now are getting to the age of 10 to 14 years old with plaques 
in their arteries and already having heart disease, already having diabetes, meaning they're unable to uh, properly metabolize the food that's coming in because those four hormones are out of whack. So not only does it mentally affect them chemically with serotonin, dopamine, and those mood chemicals and hormones, but it also now, it takes their attention away from what they should be paying attention to, uh, which is education. You get on these sugar ups and downs. And if I can't be alert, I certainly can't be attentive. If I'm not attentive, I certainly can't absorb what you're trying to teach me. Um, so all of it has this, what I consider to be very simple chain of events. You know, as an adult, we can understand it. I can't go to work if I feel like crap. You know, we know coworkers or we've all had coworkers who are always sick. If I'm taking sick days from work, if I get there and I'm not productive because I'm tired, if I get there and I've got to take several breaks because I'm using the bathroom all the time because of my type 2 diabetes, how valuable am I to that employer? Now, in the school setting, I'm not employed by the school. I am there so that the school can then pour into me like I, an adult would pour into the, the company. How much can I receive what the school is and the teacher is trying to pour into me if I'm dealing with the same things that my mom, dad, aunts, uncles, and adults are dealing with at work? I can't pay attention. I've got to use the bathroom all the time because I've got type 2 diabetes. My mood swings are up and down. I'm feeling depressed. I'm thinking it's because you know, man, this world is so tough, which, you know, a lot going on for sure. And I don't want to discount anyone's home situation, or what they may be dealing with in terms of mental health, but we don't realize how much mental health, mental capacity, mental acuteness and alertness is attached, is attached to diet. And again, I always start by saying type three diabetes, dementia, Alzheimer's, all those diseases of the mind are because the brain is made up of nerves and your brain runs on sugar, insulin, you know, glucose. If it's insulin resistant, 20%, you know, I can't absorb. A brain cannot work if I don't get what I need. Glucose. So if I'm insulin resistant, i.e. glucose resistant, you, your brain is essentially in the process of not functioning in some capacity. Um, so, I mean, it, it all comes down to just that. That's why I started with that stat that 20% of the body's energy or glucose is used by the brain. It just, it, so, I mean, what I, what I hope that all of you guys took away from, from the, like, we got a lot of nuggets in the first conversation. We talked about like how to, how to cut down on some of these things. I mean, those, though, if I remember correctly, it was, you know, cut out all the juice it was, you know, drink lots of water. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, eat as close to, you know, like the way it grows out of the earth as possible. It was read labels. It was make sure that you're looking at serving sizes, um, you know, and, and now I think mm -hmm. that we have definitely, it's about when you're, now when you're doing all that, you get out of the mindset of, I can't afford to do that. Yes, you can. You can afford to do that because if you don't, you will pay in the long run. And it's important to do that because everything you're taking in is going to have a uh, is going to have an equal and opposite an equal and opposite reaction to what is your body is putting out and the most important part of putting things out is what goes on in your brain and that takes the energy first and if it if there's not even the right things in the body 
to to make the brain function well you i mean everything else is secondary you know there's yeah. no you know there's no um you know there there is no there is no anything else that happens if if our if the brain is is already on shutdown mode you know so i think yeah. that um i think that all of that I, all all it did for me is make me be even more mindful and, and want to know more and make sure that um, that I am fully rethinking, which is our goal here, is to rethink everything we thought we knew, is to rethink everything I thought about health. Um, Marcus, before we get out of here, can you um, tell people how they can get in contact with you if, you, if they have more questions about uh, eating healthy, if they have more questions about the connection between health and, and, um, and food, um, you know, how can people reach out to you? Uh, you can reach me. Uh, I'm on YouTube. You can just search me, Marcus Bailey uh, Health, uh, on YouTube. Uh, my email is mbailey003 at gmail.com. I'm in the process of writing a book. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Marcus Bailey or Marcus Bailey Health and Fitness is a business page. So Facebook, Instagram, Marcus Bailey003. Uh, you can find me on any of those social media platforms. Uh, and I will warn you that when I post things. I don't post things to make you feel good. I make, I post things to make you feel better. You may not like it, but I'm not trying to preach you happy. I'm trying to preach you healthy. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you so much again for taking the time to to have a follow-up conversation. Um, you know, and I'm going to, I mean, viewers, if you want, like leave me the messages I've gotten for this one was why we brought them back. And if there's more things you want to talk about, definitely let us know and we will have them back a third time. Marcus, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. Thank you. It's all about mindset. How you think about your health directly impacts how healthy you are. Hopefully, after that conversation, you have begun to shift how you look at the true cost of living a healthier life. And more importantly, I hope it's a cost that you deem well worth the investment. Show notes and resources to everything we've talked about today are available on our website, www.justlikebepresents.com. Share this podcast with other parents and educators in your circle, and be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you again, Marcus Bailey, for stopping by to chat with us. And thank you for listening. And remember, if our children can see it, they can achieve it.